Well, Texas Tech made a move that a lot of people expected to eventually happen. It took place on Wednesday night after they lost in the opening round of the Big 12 tournament. Mark Adams is out as head coach, as Texas Tech's basketball coach. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12. Matthew Postens, our lead basketball writer, joins us um, as we continue the conversation with him. All right, Matthew, uh, you and I are both covering the game. Uh, We wondered really when, not if, this time was going to come. It came hours after, not even, maybe an hour or so after they lost on Wednesday night. Not a shocker, right? I mean, you and I were talking to media folks, and it seemed like this was basically a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that it happened so shortly after Texas Tech lost that game to uh, West Virginia, that was pretty much a signal to me that this was in the works. You know, it, it, it's it's very I, – I can't remember the last time I saw a coach – well, I mean – Three hours before that, Jim Beheim resigned a couple hours after he lost. So I can't really say that, but <laughs> yeah. uh, different situation entirely. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel like this was a resign or be fired kind of situation, and I think the resignation was a way for Mark Adams to stay face and maybe coach again if that's something he wants to do. Uh, but no question, given the timing, that this was in the works. This was not a a spur of the moment. I just watched my team lose on TV, and I'm going to resign kind of thing. No, yeah, this this was clearly just trying to figure out the best way to do it. They would not have done it until the Red Raiders had lost uh, this week because that would have been a distraction. And it really seems like, Matthew, you and I were both in the post-game press conference with interim coach Corey Coleman, some of those guys. Uh, Gosh, it just feels like this week did weigh on those guys a lot. And that's the vibe that I got from coach. And even seeing the looks and guys like Kevin O'Banner and some of the players – uh, it's been a heavy week for him, and it seems like that has played a role in, you know, it was an early exit on Wednesday night. Yeah, Corey Williams did reference that during the uh, postgame press conference. Um, you know, they played a really – I thought they played a really crisp first 10, 12 minutes of that game, and then in the second half, the bottom just fell out. And, you know, when you think about the fact that, you know, Adams was suspended on Sunday, they had to get a plane – get on a plane on Tuesday to go to the Big 12 tournament. They had the shortest turnaround – of any of the teams in the conference because they played the last game in the regular season schedule. So no one got less time off between Saturday and Wednesday than they did. Um, and just given all the emotion and everything for a banner, it was his last game of college basketball. Uh, he really seemed to enjoy Texas tech really loved it. Really seemed to love his two years there. Um, you know, I think he was looking forward to playing in the NCAA tournament. And yeah, I think, I think there was still just a lot of weight on that uh, DS. Wednesday night and you know the, the thing is you know they're they're 16 and 16 they could be invited to the NIT but I don't know that that really serves them well at this point to accept that invitation and try to play because you know what we've seen with coaching changes the transfer portal opens very quickly and teams that don't have a head coach tend to lose a lot of players very fast that is so true and thank you for the correction I'm thinking of uh you know, Blitnikoff Award winners from Baylor circa 2015 with Corey Coleman. So uh, well done by you there. A nice save uh, for, for us here on the Heartland College Sports Show. So, Matthew, I agree. You know, you see, let's say, Kansas State last year. They had two guys coming back. Jerome Tang had two guys coming back from last year's team. The portal opens up in a few days, and everyone's going to be off to the races. So I think that the sport has changed so much where – to your point, this isn't about whether or not it'd be fun to play some more basketball. 
It just genuinely doesn't make any sense if you're not going to have the players on the roster to justify, uh, you know, having at least seven, eight guys in a rotation who can play a game. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you an example from last season. West Virginia's women uh, were more than qualified to play in the WNIT, and they were actually invited, and they they turned it down. And I, at the time, well, that's really odd to turn it down, but it, it became apparent in the next few days what was happening. Mike Carey retired as head coach. Several of their players hit the portal almost immediately. They wouldn't have had enough players to play. And when you look at Texas Tech, Fardow Zamak has already – uh, said that he intends to declare for the transfer portal when it opens up on Monday. Uh, I'm sure there are younger players on this team that will probably follow, you know, once the portal opens on Monday. That just seems to be the nature of it because a lot of these young players haven't transferred yet. Players like Jalen Tyson have already transferred once. You know, Devion Harmon, who I think might have his COVID year left, but has already transferred once. They might stay, but there's a good chance the majority of that roster, which is young and hasn't transferred yet, will probably put their name in the portal regardless of who the new head coach is. That's a very good point. Now let's talk about the new head coach. Uh, you, in classic Matthew Poston fashion, got on the board and uh, gave us something to look forward to, seven potential candidates to replace Mark Adams at Texas Tech. Take us through these candidates and how you would handicap this thing. Well, I, I think Texas Tech is going to be looking for somebody with head coaching experience. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be looking at a an assistant from a mid-major. They might dip into, you know, say an associate head coach at a Power Six program if they feel like that that coach is ready to make that move, kind of like Jerome Tang with Kansas State last year. That obviously worked out incredibly well for the Wildcats. But I think they're going to be looking for somebody who has an established track record at a mid-major uh, that is looking for that opportunity to, you know, move on to a high, higher, high major school and, and, and try his hand there. And I don't think there's any coach that's probably better equipped to do that than Grant McCasland at North Texas. He is a former Scott Drew assistant coach, so he gets the Big 12. He actually did a couple of years at Texas Tech as, a, I think, an operations director, so he knows Lubbock well. He's had success at North Texas. Um, he's led them to the NCAA tournament once. He might do it again by the end of the um, end of this uh, conference tournament week. Um, he seems well-equipped for that kind of a job. He's not the only one. Paul Mills at Oral Roberts is another Scott Drew assistant. There's a common theme here. Uh, Scott Drew's got a pretty extensive coaching tree at this point. Uh, Mills actually coached O'Banner at Oral Roberts before he transferred to Texas Tech, and he's done fantastic work there at ORU. Pat Kelsey out at the College of Charleston, they've had a fantastic year there. They're going to the NCAA tournament. He's been a head coach for about a decade now, and he's done great work both at Charleston and at Winthrop. So there's a host of mid-major head coaches out there who have had success in the game, who are ready for this opportunity. But I, I, I feel like McCaslin's probably the leader in the clubhouse. I think if this job had gone public two years ago, as opposed to it, you know promoting Adams from within within a week, I think McCaslin would have been one of the top three candidates for the job. Wow. Okay. So that's the name to watch, Grant McCaslin, North Texas. You know, this is a good job, too. I know we're not talking about Power 5 coaches necessarily, but this is a darn good job. It pays well, great facilities, you know, a university that obviously has embraced not only all of athletics, but certainly this basketball program. The expectations are there. There are a few years, not even a handful of years removed from a run to a national championship game under Chris Beard. 
Like, it's not. I'm not saying it's it's Kansas or it's Duke or it's North Carolina, but this is a damn good job, Matthew. No, I think any coach that they have in for an interview that goes to campus is going to see three things. Number one, they're going to see the Womble Center, which is their support facility for basketball. It's right by the arena. It's one of the best support facilities in college basketball. They poured a lot of money into it. They consulted Chris Beard, who was the head coach at the time, uh, on you know how they wanted that arranged. So it really is very player-friendly. Uh, it really has everything you need for a high-major basketball program. They have a tremendous fan base, one of the best fan bases, I think, in the Big 12 in terms of basketball. Uh, they sell out that arena on a regular basis. If they're winning, that place is jumping. And then, you know, really, I, I feel like Texas Tech is one of the leaders in the Big 12 in terms of NIL. Um, you, you can say what you want about collectives, but their collective at Texas Tech works with all five of their major sports, football, both basketballs, baseball, and softball. Everybody gets a little piece of the pie when it comes to NIL from those collectives. And that is, that's a piece of the puzzle now when you're thinking about taking a job and you're thinking about the tools that you can use when it comes to the transfer portal or even recruiting. That's a part of it. And Texas Tech is one of the schools in the Big 12 right now that's kind of leading the charge in that area. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, they're ahead of the game, and anybody's going to be impressed that ends up there. Uh, what is the legacy now of Mark Adams. I mean, this is a guy who obviously had his dream job. He has this great first year. They, you know, get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Everything's looking up. They didn't really miss a beat from Chris Beard leaving for the Longhorns job. It softened that blow in large part in Lubbock, and it completely unraveled. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're hearing about discontent with boosters and, and you know, people that matter around the program, but is this a legacy that people remember in 10 years, or is this just kind of something that will be forgotten about? I, I think this may end up being more of a blip on the screen than, than a legacy. I mean, he took over a program from Chris Beard that was one of the best in the Big 12 and had you know recently gone to the national championship game. And I think after that first season, I think it'd be fair to say that, hey, you know, he maintained the standard. They got to the Sweet 16. Everything was looking up. And I, I, think, I think he showed – a, how hard it is now in this game to go from year to year and be successful with the transfer portal and everything else that now has changed in the game. And that, two, how quickly a fan base can sour on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're right. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about when it relates to this that we can't talk about because it's out there, but none of it's reported, none of it's sourced. It's just rumor. But it's very, it was very clear by the end of the season, even before what happened uh, over the weekend, that the the fan that a segment of the fan base had significantly soured on him to the point where they wanted to change. So from their standpoint, this probably worked out exactly the way they were hoping. But, you know, I think 10 years from now, we'll look at Mark Adams as more of a transitional guy between Chris Beard and whoever gets the job next. Yeah. Matthew Poston's on the show. Always good to have him on. Uh, And we've already seen, uh, you know, players hit the transfer portal and that's going to continue going forward. Hey, uh, Matthew, before we let you go, uh, today we're recording this on Big 12 quarterfinals day. Uh, Give me the game that you're most looking forward to today. We know Bill Self is not coaching for the Jayhawks. He's dealing with a reported illness. They're taking on West Virginia. I mean, what's of the four men's games, what are you most looking forward to here? Well, when we talked earlier in the week, I said the Kansas State-TCU game was the game I was looking the most forward to, and I I still am. Uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting game, but but now, you know, Kansas and West Virginia actually becomes a really interesting basketball game now because I thought West Virginia played well in their first-round game. 
no Bill Self on the bench. Not that Norm, not that Norm Roberts, his interim coach, can't coach. Uh, he was undefeated when he filled in for Bill Self earlier this year. But now, you know, Bob Huggins loves to beat Kansas. <laughs> yeah. And and now that that team is looking like it's in really good shape. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion for Kansas, and that can go one of two ways. You can either channel it and play your best basketball, or you can come out of the gate and kind of stumble a little bit. So it's going to be really interesting to see how his players deal with all this um, here in uh, Kansas City. It is going to be a wild day. Matthew Postens, he's here in Kansas City. We're covering the tournament all week from the T-Mobile Center. Matthew, thanks for hopping on for the uh, emergency show. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, no problem. Crazy times. It's not enough for there to be drama on the court for the Big 12 tournament. It's got to also be off the court, which is, I mean, listen, we wish, obviously, Bill Self all the best in his recovery from whatever exactly happened here. Obviously, Mark Adams, wish him well going forward. Uh, but, boy, there's a lot of moving parts in this league. Uh, you've got Eddie Lampkin, TCU's big man, who didn't make the trip up to the Big 12 tournament. Um, there are allegations of abuse and mistreatment by Eddie Lampkin within the TCU basketball program. Jamie Dixon responded to that on Wednesday after practice, saying, quote, I haven't seen it, no comments on it, saying he hasn't talked to Eddie. Um, so there is just a lot of off-court drama. There is going to be great on-court drama as well for Big 12 Tournament Week. So, man, oh, man, uh, there's a lot happening in this conference right now. Be sure to check it all out and subscribe to the show here at heartlandcollegesports.com on the podcast. You want a free Heartland College Sports koozie? What do you do? You know by now. I know you know by now. You rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. You send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we hook you up with a free koozie with our logo on it. Uh, that's all you got to do. It takes you 30 seconds. That's it. It's very simple, and it helps us keep growing the show so we kick the butt of everybody else in the college sports podcasting world. Not just forget the Big 12. We don't have any competition when it comes to Big 12 shows. We got a lot in the college sports world, and those are the ones that we want to beat, and they're funded and supported, you know, with CBS and ESPN and all the big guys. So you help us beat them. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com.